Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Rashawn Evans, and you're listening to the No Nonsense Podcast. Welcome into No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast, your place to go for on-demand Titans coverage that is 100% free of the nonsense that we always see in sports talk these days. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of No Nonsense, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. Uh, This is the last time that I will say those words, because this will be my final episode as one of the co-hosts of No Nonsense. Uh, Will and Matthias and I began a weekly Titans podcast back in, uh, I believe it was 2017. Yeah, 2017 was our first year doing this, um, and we, we have done it ever since then. Five years, the three of us have podcasted together. It started as the Titan-sized podcast under the fan-sided umbrella. And after two years of doing that, we decided to uh, go off on our own and start No Nonsense. And over the last three years, we have done No Nonsense, and it has been great fun. But uh, it is now time for me to step aside with me no longer covering the Titans uh, or having much of anything to offer to you guys in the way of insight and analysis um, and and hand the torch over. No nonsense isn't going anywhere. Uh, will and Matias will continue to carry the torch, and I know they'll do a, a fantastic job because they've done a fantastic job for the last five years. It will just be without me moving forward. And and it's it's very bittersweet because I'm excited about uh, you know moving on to other things. You know I've written about the Titans really for the last seven years, and and moving on from A to Z Sports was a, was a step in that direction of you know finding other fun things to do and be a part of. Uh, and and this is sort of the next step. And so in in that regard, I'm excited. I'm excited to to be able to devote some more time to other projects and other writing and that sort of thing. But it is very bittersweet, and and it is not without some heartache that I do this, uh, because it has been so much fun over the last five years, and and the three of us have developed such a great bond and chemistry, and and we're friends outside of of this effort, and so it, it will be sad to to not have these uh, these weekly meetings, these weekly sessions, um, and so I will. Uh, very much miss that, and I will very much miss talking to all of our listeners because you all have been so supportive. And uh, just to sort of wrap up my little spiel here, you know, I think all three of us would agree that it is very weird still when we put out an episode and then the next day someone will tweet at us and say, well, you know, I, I disagreed with with that point, and here's why. Or, or man, you know, Matthias was 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 dead on when he made this comment. Like, we we would read those, and we would we would share them to each other. And we would be like, well, people actually listen to this, and and of course, you know, we see the numbers, and 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 that backs it up too. You know, we know that that this is a popular podcast in the Titans community, and that people listen. But you know, it's still surreal that. You know, for the last five years, people have wanted to hear what we had to say for an hour every week, and and that's humbling, and and it has been great fun, and I I look forward to Will and Matias continuing to uh, to get that opportunity. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been an incredible run. Um, I mean, I remember we did a podcast. Well, I was on one of your episodes uh, before we even started the Titan Size podcast. That's right. Three and what out was po- that one the, called? The three and, three and out, out podcast. That's what it was. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, uh, it might still be on the uh, the iTunes store. I'm gonna check. I think that. it is. Yeah, we did like a we did like a draft recap. Yeah. Um, or a draft preview, maybe. Mm-hmm. I I can't can't remember which one we did, but that was a lot of fun. And after that one, I think we kind of knew that we wanted to do it together, and then we ended up getting Will on board even though will was a little tentative because he had never done like audio stuff before which you know neither had i <laughs> like but we all kind of got on board uh we just started doing our own thing and it really kind of took off and it was it, it's been great um obviously we're still going to keep in touch but uh unfortunately almost things come to an end but it's been an incredible run um we're going to continue me and will at least um for, for the short term Hopefully it won't be a disaster. We've never really like <laughs> directed like slash pure hosted a show, um, but it'll be interesting. And hopefully you guys will will stay along uh, for the ride and see where it takes us. Because yeah, like Luke said, like it, it's amazing that people actually listen to our stuff. Sometimes I kind of forget that, um, <laughs> and then we'll get like you said, we'll get a message to no nonsense saying like. Um, I don't know something about the the previous show, and I'm like, oh yeah, I got to be careful with what I'm saying because people actually <laughs> like, listen to this stuff. So yeah. thanks, thanks for listening for sure, and uh, hopefully you'll stay with us uh, in the future. Yeah. So just an update: both of those episodes that Matthias and I did of the Three and Out podcast are on the Apple Podcast Library. I don't think they're on like the other platforms like Spotify and and you know those other ones but I'm, I'm looking at them right here so <laughs> go take a listen 2017 nfl draft preview and recap with uh matthias and me yeah that's before i came in and did the whole thing where i start talking for three or four minutes <laughs> untethered. Uh, that, that's going to be the weirdest part is for the longest time luke's younger than either one of us by a pretty wide margin but he's always kind of been the adult in the room in terms of keeping everybody on schedule and not not letting me go on for See, too long i've always even thought though, of matthias is the adult in the room and the two of us is the children well th- that's that's when we both get into arguments over you know players and the Corey davises and the harold landry's of the world like that those those things he has to be the referee and the adult and the <laughs> the deciding factor and all that. But it, it is. I'm gonna have to be a little more uh, a little more argumentative <laughs> going forward. I, I need to have the 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 contrary to to, to Will's uh, Will's arguments now. Yeah, or you can just agree with me all the time, and then I can reign. What kind of podcast would that be go, if we just agree so with each other? For yeah. two hours. It's just it's like just, first take or or uh, what's the Fox show with Skip and Sh- Undisputed. Undisputed. I was gonna say Skip and Shannon, but you're right. That's not the title of it. Um. Yeah. It, you know, it's just us agreeing with each other for five minutes each week and just being like, "Yeah, that was great. We nailed it." Uh. Yeah. It's it's gonna be weird, and I've already told Luke that I'm gonna constantly be trying to have him back on, and I'm gonna try to get him to make some bold predictions and it before before this thing's over and then we'll see if I can get him back on and if we can get him to come fess up, own up to some of this without. There will be bold predictions. Like, you know, I'm not coming into this without any heat, especially this being my, my last time, this being my last hurrah. And I will say like, I, I I'm going to be back at some point. Like, you know, I, I fully intend, I've told you this, Will, we're going to go to a game together this year because I, I have absolutely, I have never had an opportunity to watch a Titans game with Will because I've been working for the last, you know, seven years doing Titans games. Um, And so, you know, part of the reason that I'm stepping away from the podcast is, you know, I can't even guarantee that I'll watch the games and I have much less of a relationship with social media than I did when I was uh, with A to Z sports. And so, you know, keeping up with stuff during the week is going to be impossible, but (laughs) I, Will and I are gonna go to a game, and whenever that happens, I'll, I'll be on here after that, and we will uh, we'll, we'll recap how that goes. Yeah, if the Titans had Wi-Fi that was worth a damn or anything like that, we we would live stream or maybe I mean 
he's gotten there early before. Maybe we'll periscope it or something like that beforehand, <laughs> just just so you can see the before and after shots. But yeah, we'll we will definitely do that at some point this year. What what are I, I want to talk about like favorite memories over the last five years? Let's get nostalgic for a little bit. And, and when I was thinking about that myself, my mind went immediately to: Do you remember the the last time we really had a Corey Davis debate, and it and it became an all out screaming match like that? I feel like that was just the culmination of the whole thing because really we've had like th- three big raging debates. It was Mariota and it was it was Corey Davis and then it was Harold Landry. And I won the you 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 won Corey Davis. No one really won Corey Davis actually. Yeah. We we were both kind of right on that one. I won Mariota and then you won Harold Landry. And so we we sort of ended up in a tie with that. Yeah, it it's one of those things that we would get into an argument about Corey Davis and we weren't always arguing, you know, the same point we were arguing. It would go back to, you would talk about what they spent to get him. I would talk about how he was so efficient. You would talk about how then if he's going to be efficient and not, you know, game breaking that he wasn't worth the pick. And my argument was they had, and we would go back and forth. And after a while, when you had these arguments for a long time, you just get wound up. And so, you know what the other person's going to say and you try to cut them off before they say it. And eventually Matias just got kind of pushed to the side as we just went at each other. And that's, those are, those are always fun because they're very rarely like spur of the moment. Like we've never talked about this before. It's usually Corey Davis has 120 yards and you know, he, he wins the game against the Eagles and I make a comment or two, or then he goes three games where he has five catches and 40 yards. And then you make a comment or two and then it builds and builds and builds until one of us explodes. Yeah, pretty much. We, legit, we talked about Corey Davis. Like, it felt like every day, honestly, and like in the Twitter do, chat, at least. Do you yeah. think we he's the player? The time. Is he the player we've talked about the most on this podcast? Yeah. I guess I mean Derrick Henry might take the cake on that yeah. more than Harold Landry. You think Davis and Landry are very equal, and Mariota also. I mean, yeah. we have, but Mariota like that was the only just like the first two or three years. Ever, I mean, it's been yeah three, three years of Tannehill. So yeah, hmm. yeah, I miss those. I'm gonna miss those arguments, even <laughs> though most of the time I was just you know. A bystander. Just but eating popcorn. <laughs> it was, they, man, they were fun sometimes. They were really fun. I would jump in whenever, you know, I had something um, that I disagreed with, but I just loved hearing you two go at it. It was incredible sometimes. Another great moment. Matias, I want you to tell this story. It was when Taewon Taylor came on the podcast, former Titans receiver, while he was a Titans receiver. That was that was yeah that was the culmination of everything. I I think that was the the peak the the peak of our podcast <laughs> uh, career. So if I remember correctly, um, there was like this Panini thing, Panini rookie yeah. yep. um, event, yeah. um, and we got Taywan Taylor to to give us a couple minutes of his time for for an interview with our podcast. Um, and I think we had finished up the, oh no, no, it was, the, on, it was the, the beginning. We, yeah, we, we called him, um, and it's like, we had run out of credits, I believe, or something. Yes. And or no, he didn't, gone. they didn't answer. That's what happened. Didn't answer. Okay. Mm. Um, damn, this is all kind of fuzzy, it, but I, I, the thing I remember is that there was an automated voice that started speaking in the middle of our call with Taewon yeah. Taylor. And he had no idea what was going on. We didn't know how to stop it. It was just a complete disaster. And, and Will, you proved me wrong when that was happening. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so here, here's what, what the extended version of that story is. So this, I believe this was, I think the Eagles were playing New Orleans in the playoffs and it, it was, I, I believe we were trying to figure out, you know, who are the Titans going to hire next? Because this was, you know, yeah, they had they just fired Mike Malarkey. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, who are they going to hire next? There's, 
you know, this entire Eagles offensive coaching staff, which is, you know, uh, they, they all would go on to get offensive coordinator or like head coaching jobs or whatever. And then there was DeFilippo and uh, Frank Reich was on that Ross on that team. And then Jim Schwartz was on that team. And it's like, are we going to talk to him? Blah, blah. So that game is over. And as soon as that game's over, we have this uh, interview scheduled with Taewon Taylor, right? So we're going to call in, we call him and he's supposed to answer or either he's supposed to answer or we're supposed to get an agent. And then they're supposed to hand him the phone. One of those things. And so, we call and it goes, uh, it, it rings and rings and rings and it just stops ringing after a while. Well, it, it sent us to voicemail first. It was like, you you may leave a message at the beep, blah, 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 beep. Yeah. And so we don't do anything about that. And I, and I tell Luke, I, I'm like, Hey, like, did you hang up? Cause you can see when you make these calls, you can see that it says three of three in the call. And so it said three of, or it said three of four or four of four, one of the two in the call. And so I could see that we were still on with whatever that number was, even though I think we were just quiet during the part when it was supposed to be recording. And so that, that was, that was weird because we'd never had that happen before. And so, uh, we called back later and somehow we were still on his other line recording a message as we were talking to him. Yes. So in the middle of his conversation, he just hears, uh, the number you've dialed is not available. If you'd like to call back and leave a (laughs) message, like while he's given an answer and he hears it and he says, what? Because he doesn't understand what's going on. He thought we were talking or something. Yeah. And he realizes that he, I I don't know if he realized exactly what was going on or if he thought it was something on his end or what, but he talked over that and he did the most professional job he ever did as a Tennessee Titan. Like (laughs) it really was completely like perfectly like talk, like we were mortified. It was the lowest moment uh, in our podcast, (laughs) except for like uh, some other ones, but that, that was one of the worst. And then as soon as we got done and hung up and like basically restarted our own call, it was one of the funniest things that had ever happened. And we oh, debated, yeah. it's like, what do we do about it? It's like, do we, do we try to like edit around it? Do we like, it was uh, one of the weirdest, like it, it's never happened again. We've always been super careful to make sure we hang up now, but man, that was a learning you know, experience, I guess. So I just remembered another detail. What happened was that, I accidentally, so when I was dialing the phone number for the PR person, I made a mistake and and just wasn't paying attention and dialed my cell phone number. And so w- what happened was we had called me, and so my it That's was my right. cell phone that was doing all that yeah. because for the longest time, uh, I had that voicemail like in my voicemail box because the whole thing recorded. I don't have it anymore. Um. But we edited all that out. Like, if you go back and listen on uh, the Titan Size podcast feed, that you won't find that. Um, but yeah, because I, I remember at the very end, I, we circled back and had him re-answer that question, and he was like you said, it was the most professional moment of his Titans career. He he re-answered the question for us and gave us a good quote, and and <laughs> I spliced it all around to make it look like that never happened. But yeah, no, another another great moment that we all bring up constantly was we had on, and this was another one where the episode made it, but, but this didn't, we edited it out. Uh, We used to every now and then would have this guy on named Jim Coburn. And you guys know where I'm going with this. He, he was an analytics guy doing NFL draft stuff. And we had him on a couple of times in the early days. And the first time we had him on when we would ask him a question, there was at least like a 25-second delay between us and him. We have no idea how that happened. It has not happened in the five years since then. But so we would ask him a question, and then there would just be silence for 20, 25 seconds. And he would answer. And then what I, what I remember is like one of us would like crack a joke like during his answer. And then, like twenty seconds later, he would he'd be like, <laughs> "Y'all, y'all remember that, of course." Yeah, it was like 
It, sorry, it was so funny. Oh my god! Like, so and and it's it's nothing that he was doing wrong, and he was you know he was giving good answers and everything like that. But it was like we were calling in a time machine. Yeah, like, call and it it just like wouldn't get to him until it, and it didn't seem that, like it was that bad when we started it, but it almost felt like the the time was getting longer and longer and longer. And so once that happens and you're at like 10 second delays, if somebody's talking and you think they're done talking and you start a sentence and you're, you mean, we live in the zoom, you know, world now after COVID. So we know a lot better, but this was before then. And that this was just like us guessing and praying that he was done. So we could have kind of a timely response so that he didn't feel like he needed to fill more time. And I don't know if he could tell there was that big of a, a gap. I don't know if he just thought maybe we were like trying to read through notes or something, but it was so hard to keep chemistry going. And it was, it was one of the hard, like it was harder to do that than it was having the voicemail read over the top of whatever Taiwan was saying. Yeah, that, that was, that was hard to navigate. Like that took, <laughs> that took a lot of, a, a lot of work. And I'm pretty sure Luke edited most of that episode to like kind of, I just closed um, the gaps. Those. Like I made it yeah, sound yeah, like exactly. we would ask the question and he would yeah. respond. Get well, get used to that polish being gone for a little bit as we <laughs> sort of figure out how to uh, do that. You well, guys are a- going to hear all, every time that I space out and I don't know what to say. Yeah, <laughs> every happened. time I cuss and we have to like stop and re-record, like it's going to get like re- we're going to have that. That's just going to be like you're going to see a lot more explicit tags on <laughs> these podcasts. We had some other funny moments with guests too. S- some of them I don't want to talk about for fear of offending that person. You know, whenever we have a guest on, the three of us are always in our group chat talking, whether it's going well or going poorly. Do you have a uh, a favorite guest hit? Like, not even necessarily a favorite guest, but, you know, of even of the several that we've had on more than once or, or not, one that we only had on one time, like a favorite guest hit. Uh, in terms of in terms of guests, I Teresa Teresa mm-hmm. was yeah. just the best. Like one of the nicest people, one of the most knowledgeable reporters I think we've had on this podcast. So clear with everything she said. Um, she was fantastic. And a couple of couple of years ago, I think it was before the Ravens playoff game. I think it was. Um, we had a Ravens like kind of film analyst uh, guy. I can't remember his name. Um, so sorry oh, if yeah. he's attended. I really, name? really doubt he listens to our podcast, but he was amazing. He broke down everything um, about not only the Ravens' Ken, offense and defense, Ken he broke Mc- down the Titans' offense. Ken McCusick, yeah. that was his name. Yeah, he was fantastic. I, I learned a ton from that guy. We had him um, on just twice. Just explaining concepts. Two years in a row when they played the Ravens. Yeah. Oh, did we? We did have. Mm-hmm. He uh, he did yeah, a really good job because I remember him breaking down like it's like well if this linebacker's on the field then it usually means the Ravens are expecting this and like uh, like wow like you know just a crazy amount of detail. Um, man, it's like Teresa was great. Buck's great. Um, I remember Buck when we were talking about Isaiah Wilson and what what we could what we could talk about. Um, I just remember every time he would say something, I would send something in the direct messages that I was like, this is what I'm talking about. I'm like, this is exactly why I don't think he's going to be good. Like just like slamming him. Like, and you can hear that on the podcast. Like we, you know, I, I emphasize that and I, I bring up those points again of why I didn't like the pick and why it was doomed to fail from the start. Um, Justin Mello is always, I mean, yeah, I love Justin. It's yeah. Like the, there's so few times when like, I feel like I'm prepared and I ask a question and then somebody answers a question so detailed and specific and with anecdotes that I feel like I came in like a toddler asking about the colors like and and he did that a lot. Th- those were really fun interviews just and hey, we're talking past tense right now because we're just talking about the past like it it sounds like it's a postmortem or whatever. Like th- this is a very much just a an individual specific thing. So I'm sure I'm going to miss some people. So this isn't, 
oh, yeah. my only like final people. But th- there's so many of them that that would be one of the most fun things because we would talk to Mello and we we would say, I mean, we would ask a question about somebody and then it was one of the times when it would be like day three and Luke would be like, this is one of the guys that and he would bring that back up. And that was just like how much of an impact he had. And those were always fun things because it was a chance for all of us to nerd out together about the same kind of thing. Yeah. We were always very selective about, or I said, like it, we have always been very selective about guests because I think it's always been our view that, um, you know, the three of us know what we're talking about and we're good at what we do. And we say that, you know, with, with some pride because we, we work hard and we weren't just going to bring someone on to like fill some space if they weren't going to add something to the conversation or challenge our perspective or bring more, you know, knowledge or information than we could provide. If a, if a guest wasn't going to provide as much information as we could, then we just wouldn't bring them on. And that's why, you know, we, we have never really been a huge guest heavy show. We love having guests on and, and, but we just assume it'd be the three of us as opposed to bringing on a guest who might have a name or I might have more Twitter followers, but like we don't think is going to actually bring something new to the conversation that we couldn't already provide. And, and these names that we brought out, Teresa, Justin, uh, Teron came on a couple of times. Um, who's another one? Caroline Fenton came on last summer. She was great, but yeah, you know, all good. of these people. Mike Herndon. Yeah, Mike especially Herndon the uh, Tyler Rowland, Tic Tac Titans, especially those guests yep. that we would bring on more than once and that we, we and, and you know, the ones like Justin who we repeatedly bring back. Uh, you know, that's what we're saying about those people when we bring them back. Well, it's like we really like them and they add to the conversation. Yeah, um, and it always seemed to v- flow very well. Like we never had other other than Coburn, obviously, but that wasn't even his fault. He, he he was he provided great insight, honestly, and he answered our questions very well. Most of the guests, I'm, I'm pretty, almost all of the guests that we brought on, just you know added a lot of value yeah. and, and just didn't really interrupt the flow of the show. You know, we asked them specific questions, they answered us. If we wanted to, you know expound on, on whatever um, things they said they they allowed us to and they provided even more insights so it really just always went to plan yeah and you know there were a couple duds and I won't name names but for the most part I think like you said we did do a good job or and have done a good job of of picking the right people yeah and if if they you know if they were too bad we would either veto them before you know if somebody brought it up and you know one of us knew something that you know it's like well we heard them on another podcast and they were boring or like we've taught you know that kind of thing like they never made it on the actual show so ho- hopefully we filtered a lot of that out and so y'all didn't have to deal with that but i mean for like you said for the most part i'd stand behind nearly all of our guest episodes and there were plenty of times when we were like well you know, should we get a guest on for this game or this game? And it just that there there wasn't anybody available who we thought provided something that we couldn't. So that those were always fun episodes because anytime you heard us talking to a guest, like Luke said, it wasn't just a filled time. It was because we were interested in what they were going to have to say, and we thought that they could provide something that we couldn't. So those those were fun episodes. And also, you know, one last thing on this topic, my perspective has always been, you know, you all who listen. You you listen regularly and subscribe to this podcast because you like the three of us. I'm I'm assuming that's why you listen. I don't know why you would listen for another reason. And so, you know, working under that assumption, what I always wanted to do was give you the reason you subscribe. You subscribe to listen to the three of us, and so we were going to give you the three of us, not someone else. Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean... Uh, there were some people that that weren't completely fond of Luke, um, <laughs> yes. as we came to came to know that. But uh, most of the people that listen to this podcast uh, are fans of us and, and what we have to say. Um, so huge thanks um, to you guys for that. Um, but yeah, we just always, you know, try to keep it real. Um, we're going to continue to do so. 
um, and, and give you what you guys want, which is uh, arguments about uh, polarizing Titans players. You know what I what I would love as as like a parting gift from you all who are listening, as, as we've been sort of having this nostalgic spree. And we're about to dive into a couple of Titans topics here. Um, tweet at us. Tweet at No Nonsense Pod. Tweet at me at Luke underscore Worsham. Uh, what's been your favorite moment so far? Because like like Will reminded us, it's not over. Uh, but but this is you know a, a turning point for the history of this show. What what what's a moment that you think back on fondly that you really like? I would love to hear all of those. That would that would make me really happy to read. So at No Nonsense Pod at Luke underscore Worsham would love to hear all that. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about Asthma Boy because as we were planning this episode, I told Will. I'm like, I cannot leave without talking about the guy who couldn't finish practice, Traylon Burks. So we're going to get into that in just one moment. You're listening to No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast. So draft night, at least the first night of the draft for the Titans, was chaos. A.J. Brown out the door, sent to Philadelphia. In comes Traylon Burks, first-round wide receiver from Arkansas. So many people start acting like, oh, this is a one-to-one trade. You know, people in denial about A.J. Brown. The conclusion the three of us kind of came to was like, look, the Titans' hands were probably tied because of contract situation and A.J. Brown being a diva. And so, like, this is probably the best they could do, and Traylon Burks isn't as naturally talented as A.J. Brown, and he's not going to be as good off the bat, but stylistically similar, did as well as they could. That's my wrong? Is that kind of where the three of us fell on that? Yeah. That that that's a yeah. accurate representation so far. <laughs> so since then, though, we have learned that there's something else Traylon Burks shares in common with AJ Brown, and and that's that practice really isn't his thing. Um, because multiple times during OTAs, and I was not there, you know, personally. This was after I left A to Z, but multiple times during uh, mandatory minicamp, and I believe during rookie minicamp as well, and OTAs and, you know, all of that stuff that happened at the beginning of May, is this dude couldn't make it through practice. Because he had asthma. What What is happening? Did he not have asthma at Arkansas? Well, that's what, that's what I don't understand. Right. Like, I feel like we didn't hear about this at all in college. And then his first week practice, first day practicing um, at the NFL level, he just can't practice and can't finish a practice because of because of this. And I know asthma is, is serious and it can affect you, of course. Like, I, I'm not blaming him. It's not his fault. Um, but it was it took me by surprise. Um, and it was interesting that I don't know. It seems like the Titans always have an issue with their first round pick like something it's either a hamstring um it's an isaiah wilson issue it's trailing perks <laughs> having asthma and not being able to get through practice uh caleb farley coming off an, of an injury not being ready um it just seems like every first round pick that the titans uh draft just as there's something wrong with them so, and it's he's it's Traylon Burks is probably going to work out. Like, I'm not saying this is, you know, the end of his NFL career, but um, it's just interesting that the Titans always seem to have these types of quote unquote issues with their, their high draft picks. So let me, let me go on one of my, not a rant necessarily or anything full blown like that, but so the whole, did this happen at Arkansas thing? Like Vrabel said that they knew about it. It's like they said they did their medical research. They, you know, they were prepared for this. My read on the situation, especially knowing what he did at Arkansas, like how, you know, how hard he competed, like how many of the snaps he played, like all the different things, you know, they, they don't run an offense to, to be fair, like the Titans do where you're rotating out receivers all the time and you're giving all these guys breaks and, it, you know, this, that, and the other, like Burks had to be on, on rundowns. He had to run spread looks. He had to be the guy in motion. He had to play from the running back very few times, but still sometimes like it, there was no conditioning issue in college. So not, not for two years, not I me, mean, not at any point, but specifically not in 2020 or 2021. So 
you know that he can get conditioned and that consistently being out there is not a problem. And he's also a guy who, I mean, if you watch the Texas A&M game, if you watch the Alabama game, like he's playing through injuries and then coming back the next week and playing then like, it's not, I'm going to gut it out and kind of barely go. And then I'm going to take three weeks off. It's like, if he's on the field, he's going full speed and he expects to be on the field every week. So from that standpoint, like I don't have any concerns about that. Now, his the the whole asthma thing and it's a bad look, right? Like to be in OTAs after you've been at Arkansas, which is not as humid or as like I don't know what the word would be uh, if you if you're in a place that it has a lot of pollen in the air and all that kind of stuff. But Tennessee is just it's havoc on uh, allergies and. I don't know if Middle Tennessee is necessarily anything like East or West Tennessee, but I've lived in Knoxville and I've lived in Dyersburg and like there there's times where storms are coming. You your sinuses get messed up. Storms are here. You're messed up. Storms are gone. You're messed up. Like just for long stretches of time, like just because everything gets kicked up and all that. So I don't know if it's necessarily like that in Middle Tennessee, but if they're practicing outside, which by the way, we saw clips of him practicing inside, like, when they practiced inside in the bubble on those few occasions, he was there practicing. They just didn't have media there as consistently. Like, we've seen clips of him catching passes. So we know he's been practicing at some points, just not as much when they're outside, which would track with everything else they're saying and which would make sense. So I'm, I, I'm 10% concerned but only just in the fact that it's still going to be hot and it's still he's still going to have to play outside and it's still going to be difficult in the fall. But I, I'm not, I'm not like this is Isaiah Wilson 2.0 like some Titans fans are. Yeah, like I don't, it doesn't bother me to a huge degree, but it is concerning. Like you, you almost roll your eyes, like you were talking about, Will, because. And I want to talk some more about the receiver group as a whole because I think there's some some real problem there. But, you know, you, you look at this receiver group and you're like, okay, Traylon Burks has got to come in. He's got to be the guy. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation because there's no A.J. Brown and you sort of hold your breath. And then, like, this happens and you start to, like you said, well, it's like, well, you know, it's Isaiah Wilson thing happened and then Caleb Barley was a dud as a rookie and – and they never really get anything out of rookies, and here we go again, right? And then, and then you move on to the second round, and you start thinking about, well, what's going to happen with with the second round picks and the third round picks, and and you just start spinning because there's this sort of past trauma, if you will, if you're a Titans fan, of these draft picks just being duds as rookies, and and while this alone is not a deal breaker. You start to shake your head, and like I said, you say, here we go again, right? Yeah, and I think this draft class probably has unfairly high expectations just because the last couple of ones have kind of been pretty pretty bad so far. I mean, I mean, the 2021 was was nothing short of pretty disastrous, and then 2021 did not really get off to a good start with Farley – uh, coming in injured, tearing his ACL, and then Radon's not getting any playing time. Um, so there's like a lot of eyes uh, on the Titans draft class this year and hoping that John Robinson can kind of get back to that 2019 type of class, he, even to, you know 2017. Um, he got a lot of good starters in that one. So um, I think there's kind of a target on this draft class's back. Um, and Traylon Burks is, you know, the first round pick. He's the high draft pick. He's coming in having to replace um, a fan favorite up and up until he left a fan favorite in AJ Brown. Um, it's tough. Like there's a lot of expectations, and obviously, like you want your first round pick to just be able to practice normally, um, and you want the reports to be good. Like you want to hear, oh, this guy looks like you know Julio Jones out there. This is this is a fantastic start for the Titans' first round pick. Unfortunately, it didn't get off to that type of start, and it kind of gets uh, amplified. But it's nothing to be concerned about, you know, too much um, just yet. 
Yeah, it like I, I will say like it's not obviously it's not the best case scenario, but I don't know. Like my my problem is so in 2020, Tannehill threw the ball 30 times a game. In 2021, he threw it 31 times a game. It, the The point of that is, it doesn't matter whether they have Derrick Henry or not. Like whoever they have at running back, they're just going to run the ball. And they're going to do it a lot. And it doesn't matter how effective they are. That's just the team Mike Vrabel wants to have. So if you've got Robert Woods, if you've got Austin Hooper, if you've got Chickaconquo, who looks like he's going to be on the field a lot, like I, I, I don't know how many targets Burks is going to get over the course of the season anyway. Like, let's say he gets six targets a game. That's what I mean. Even that's high because that would put. Let's say he gets five a game. That's eighty-five in a season. Like, if he gets eighty-five targets, catches sixty passes for. 750 yards like I think we would all say that that's a good season right like even if it's not going to replace AJ Brown one to one but like to do that he doesn't have to have game-breaking performances and I, I the reason I'm saying it like this is because I think he's been put in such a bad situation that I think this is getting amplified even worse because he should never have been viewed as the guy who was brought in to replace AJ because the Titans had three. We wanted days. them together. We wanted yeah. them to play together. The, you know? the, the, the Titans basically had three days to prepare for this. So it's like AJ just decided that he, you know, he was going to go somewhere else and that, you know, uh, he wanted to go play with his best friend and that's cool. But this is not the the plan was never we only want to have Robert Woods and Traylon Burks. The plan was we want to have AJ Brown and Robert Woods, and then if we get Traylon Burks, he's going to be the best third receiver in the league because he's probably a number two with number one upside like AJ was when he came in. But you're not forcing him into that role. You know, if if that was a situation he was in now, people wouldn't be nearly is concerned but because he's gotten all this weight put on him it's it's just amplifying it over and over and in all reality if he was if aj brown was still here and Traylon burks was drafted uh vrabel would have burks on the bench for the first i mean not not yeah absolutely on the bench but yeah i mean we've seen what they do like so the problem is they're never going to start rookies early like even at that bad in that bad 2020 draft class like that they didn't play those guys, whatever, but they still got Christian Fulton. They still got Chris Jackson. They got Tier Tart and they got Aaron Brewer. That's three starters. And I, I think Christian Fulton's one of the better corners in the league. Like, I'm not sure if he's going to make the pro bowl, but I think last year he played at a really high level. And if he didn't get hurt, he would be getting more of that attention. But at the very least it's, you know, two players at a premium position, you know, Tear Tart and Brewer, who, you know, both should start this year. And then last year, like, I would say Raidens is a 95% chance to start at right tackle. Elijah Molden is a high percent chance because I don't think they're going to start Roger McCreary, even though he, he sounds like he's been really good. Monty Rice looked good. Rashad Weaver should get a lot of playing time. Naquan Jones will get heavily rotated. And that's not even talking about Caleb Farley. So, I think all of these classes, as aggravating as it is to say, I think they're all two-year plans. But because the guy in front of Traylon Burks got kicked out, now he's going to be under all this pressure so that we're talking about a guy who, you know, how many – I'm, I'm not going to say how many people talked about it at the time because I don't remember. But I don't remember as many people being up in arms when A.J. hurt his hamstring in camp what his uh, rookie yeah. year. But here's the difference. Uh, we didn't realize back then that that was going to become a continual problem for A.J. Brown because, look, he, he wasn't necessarily injury-prone in the sense that he was missing a lot of games, but this dude was in and out of practice the whole three years he was there. And then, you know, that was also year two of Mike Vrabel, so we, we weren't quite up to snuff on how rookies, you know, tend to fare under Mike Vrabel. And so I sort of give us, you know, people who watch that team – a pass because we didn't really know 
what we do now and didn't have the 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 basis of uh, like like I've said a few times now the whole oh here we go again kind of thing. Yeah. Also, AJ Brown was a second round pick, so I think the expectations weren't really um, as high on him. Um, I mean, we knew he was good. He was a good prospect, but I don't think we really thought he was going to turn into the kind of star that he still has the potential to be. Um, so I do think it's a little different um, in that regard. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, people were a little not upset, um, but I, there were still some people that were down um, on that draft draft class, even just because we had drafted Jeffrey Simmons, who what wasn't going to be able to play until November. Um, and we know how well that worked out. So, um, sometimes we kind of overreact a little bit, uh, at the beginning of these things to, to certain players, certain draft prospects certain draft classes. Um, and we kind of just have to let it all play out in order to know, um, whether it's going to be successful or not. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Like, I, I think at the end of the day, they take it year by year. And I think if they get a pro bowler and two to three starters out of a draft class, they're happy with it. And they take their, you know, they take their most informed shots when they can. And if they hit great, if they don't, that sucks, but hopefully your process works well enough to where you end up getting that out of the class. So I, 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 well, I think we all liked Traylon Burks coming in. Like, I think we, not the three of us necessarily, but like Titans fans and people who watch Titans have been quick to panic over something that should be a non-factor by the middle of September at the latest and discredit two years of elite production against some of the best competition in college football, if not the best competition in college football. So in the grand scheme of things, this is a blip. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it in terms of his entire NFL career so far, it, you you do have to say that it is it does feel like it's an issue. And as soon as he breaks out of it, we you know we can kind of breathe and say, oh, you know, like we we were right the whole time. We knew it wasn't a big deal. But yeah, I guess until he shows it, it is it is mildly concerning. Well, let's talk about the receivers as a whole. Are they good enough? Because. I- you know, after the draft, we kind of had some conversations about that, but it's been a couple of months now. Now, just pausing and looking, and I feel like people are expecting Kyle Phillips to be Wes Welker and Robert Woods coming off an ACL to not be Taylor Lewan or Bud Dupree. Like, I here we go again, you know, with the wide receivers. Yeah, well, that's what happens when your star receiver uh, asks for a trade and kind of leaves you up in arms. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I do feel like we're back to the same spot that we've been in so many off seasons for like in three the past years. Where, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's getting a little tiresome, but I don't know if it's completely the Titans' fault in, in this regard. But I do think they still. Um, probably need to add another receiver i honestly i have no idea what which free agent uh veterans are still out there uh if they don't dip back into that well uh they they're really going to need Traylon burks to be at least solid um they're going to have to hope that robert woods is is healthy as he was uh throughout his career uh before the acl tear and they're going to need you know kyle phillips to step up in the slot NWI to kind of keep progressing like he has. Um, I mean, he's not great, but he can get the job done at times. Um, and then you look at some of the other guys, like Des Fitzpatrick cannot rely on him. Um, heard good things about Josh Malone in camp, but that's a, like that's not a guy you want playing so many snaps just because he's too young and he's not really, um, you know, ready for that he hasn't really shown that in the past so i don't know i i still think they need to add someone uh i don't know if they will um but if not we're gonna see a lot of i think we're gonna see a lot of of chiga conquo and austin hooper playing a lot together because they're two of the better pass catchers uh, on the team as, as it is right now yeah the one 
let me start by saying this. I think the Titans wide receivers right now are C plus, like, you know, maybe B minus depending on how much Kyle Phillips gets on the field, just because you don't know, like, how good is Trayvon Burks? Like, how much are they going to force Nick Westbrook-Akina onto the field over him because he runs his route, you know, 1% better and Mike Frabel is not taking a guy out, a veteran out, unless he's 100% sure that the guy behind him is better at every single thing. Like, I, I don't I don't know where that group is. But what I will say is that I – for the most part, if you can just give Tannehill guys who can catch the ball and who aren't dropping it into the hands of defensive backs and you have Derrick Henry, I feel pretty confident that the offense can put up 21 to 24 points a game. Like, that's not spectacular, but, you know, we saw them do it a few times last year when they didn't have anything and then they were still managing to make it work. Like, they were picking up free agents off the street at every position. So I, I I have confidence in them and that defense so that it won't matter as much if the wide receivers are that good. Um, having said that, I think there's two things that are important at wide receiver. One is that Tim Kelly should theoretically be calling the passing game or at least have a heavy influence. And with Davis Mills at quarterback last year, the Texans were – pretty efficient with basically having Brandon cooks and nobody else that anybody knows. Like, uh, they had Edelman, I think, right. Isn't he the guy that put up like 200 against the Titans defense, like in the last game of the season or Amendola. Amendola. Yeah. Sorry. And and Nico Collins was like, I had forgotten about that. That, That's like a memory pulled from deep within. What a disaster that was. Yeah. I rewatched it the other day. Like as I do, and, you know, the Titans, I think they were up 21 to zero or whatever going into halftime. And they, they play zone almost that entire game. And I don't know why, because it just kind of like clears it out for Amendola over and over. But it, the point is, like, we've seen the Titans a hundred times with Todd Downing finally find something that works. And then they just because it's not in the game script, they get away from it and they don't just attack it over and over the way Arthur Smith would like, which is Arthur Smith had it right. And Downing had it wrong. Like if you found, if you find a broken spot in the defense, keep attacking. But the good news is we've seen Tim Kelly do that. So if he has the influence that we think he's going to have, especially since he's been spending so much time with the tight ends and stuff during camp, theoretically they should be able to do, be more effective in the passing game. But also the fact that Jim Wyatt just unrelentingly talks about how he he's refuses to say that they're done adding wide receivers and that there's going to be another wide receiver addition at some point and that he won't he won't believe it until uh, after all the cuts happen and we're going into the first week of the season it makes me think that the word in the locker room or you know among the coaches or you know the people Mike Key whoever he's talking to uh have given him the impression that they're looking at other options and they're exploring every possibility. And maybe it's not a big Julio trade, you know, which it didn't work last time, but I I think was still the right move. And I think we all thought it was the right move at the time. But I mean, if you can send a fifth round pick for Robbie Anderson, or if you, you know, if you can do something where you can add a disgruntled veteran who has, you know, speed or something that just doesn't want to be in the situation he's in anymore. I I think that's somebody they would add, but I think this would be a boring, but competent group of wide receivers, give or take Traylon Burks being AJ Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I I can see that. You, You just, you know, you come out of the last of last season as the Titans with AJ Brown and Julio Jones, and you're you're like, all right, you know, how are they going to get better? And and I just think it's tough to look at this year's group and last year's group and and figure out who has the edge. I think it's probably last year's group just because it had AJ Brown in it. Um, but yeah, you go back and forth on that all day. It is time to close out this episode with stop the nonsense. I will go first because uh, I have mine 
in the chamber and ready to go. So this week, during a Major League Baseball game broadcast between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees, Fox thought it would be a good idea to show an overhead shot from the city of New York with the logos of the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox placed over the top of an area. Uh, In theory, that is a good idea. The problem is the area that they chose was ground zero of the World Trade Center. Specifically, have you all seen this? I did not see this. I I don't keep up with baseball, and even I saw this. Like, insane, but go ahead. So, specifically, they put the Yankees and Red Sox logos inside the 9-11 memorials. Because if you've ever been to the 9-11 memorials, I went a couple months ago, There, there's two of them. There's one where each of the towers used to stand, and there are these huge uh, squares, and, and they're lined with names of people who were killed in, in 9-11, and there's like water flowing into it and then into this abyss Below, very, very cool, very, very powerful scene. Encourage you to go if you ever have an opportunity. But it was inside of those squares, and, and I'm looking for it so that I can send it to you, Matthias. Um, it was inside of those squares that Fox decided would be a good idea to put the logos of the two teams playing in the game. Uh, they received, Are you kidding me? Yeah, they received f- fairly enormous backlash for this. Uh, they had to issue an apology. Um, really bad. Okay, I, I found it. I'm sending it to you, Matthias. It is, it is en route right now. All right, you should have it. Take a look at that. How terrible is that? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, this can't be real. This is fake. This is fake. Yeah. Who, who approved this? Who approved this? That's where the Twin Towers were. I mean, it's it's a crazy thing to see because, like, if you just look at the picture and you don't know what you're looking at, it just looks like it's in kind of a park because of the angle. But, like, it's just just such a crazy thing. Like, to think, I, I mean, I I'm not going to be like, this is like offensive to America or whatever. Like it is, but like, that's not the reason why like I'm surprised by it. Cause people do dumb offensive things all the time. I'm just like, I don't know how you have all the options that you have. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I know that has two squares that I can put the logos in. It's like, there's a billion the things. World Trade Center. Yeah. It's like, you could do the windows of a, like, yeah, I mean, obviously you guys know how many pairs of things there are in the world. I don't have to explain pairs to you, but what a crazy thing to be like, I've got the perfect thing. <laughs> and then someone else to be like, yeah, uh, lo- love that. Mm. They probably thought they were geniuses when they did it. Also, they're like, Oh, oh yeah. this is, this is the good stuff. <laughs> Roll that right now. <laughs> Yeah, they Fox issued an apology shortly after that aired. <clears throat> All right, what do you guys got? Uh, I'll do. Okay, no, you go, go ahead, go. Matthias. No, go, 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 go. Uh, okay. Um. So, uh, faithful lit- listener Eldon English uh, had this, and it was so upsetting. I usually, if we get people that. Uh, bring stuff to our attention and send you can send us uh, your stop the nonsense senses at uh the at no nonsense pod account but uh, he he sent this to me and i'm sure you've seen it at this point the warren sharp uh top front sevens in the nfl and the titans ended up somewhere like 22nd or, or something crazy like i i know they're not in the top 10 or whatever but what what especially made me angry and it's just because we're in the AFC South is that the Colts were double digit points higher than the Titans. And look, look, it's, it's done by Warren Sharp. So it's, it's gotta be like analytic and very clear understanding of every position is not equal. So the argument 
that a team with Danico Autry and Harold Landry, who combined for 20 sacks, I think more than 20 sacks last year, at, at, on the edges, which is by far the most valuable position. And and then I'll just go ahead and add the whole like Jeffrey Simmons thing. You, those two ver- and Jeffrey Simmons aren't equal to whatever scraps the Colts have an edge, which is like Yannick Ngakwe, who hasn't been as good as people think for three or four years now. And uh, Quiddy Pay, who was hot trash, um, but nobody seems to care that he wasn't good at his job at all. Um, and you can take that, but because they have DeForest Buckner, who's a worse, older version of Jeffrey Simmons, and Darius Leonard, who... I mean, he's great. It, like, let's say he's the best middle linebacker in the NFL. That's like being the best, you know, guard in the NFL, which is another thing the Colts talk about a lot. It doesn't matter. It does not impact your wins or losses. Like, if Darius Leonard does didn't play, it wouldn't move the line for Vegas one way or another. Like, I, it just it's baffling to me how these people who can claim to be so analytics driven and so, you know, that they have these systems that are smarter than everybody else that you can look at the Titans defense and the front seven specifically, and even put the Colts anywhere near the Titans. Like they're better at every position except the one that doesn't matter. It's, it's crazy to me. How were how were the Titans twenty eighth in pressure rate on non blitzes? Because when? it doesn't make sense. Because pressure rate <laughs> is an absolute nonsensical stat. Pressure rate is how many times you got close to the quarterback. Except close is not a defined measurement, and it doesn't. You don't have to actually affect the quarterback. So if it's yeah. a pass, you're in. And I know people are like, well, they actually say they factor in screen passes. Okay, cool. Like let's say they take out screen passes. Like. The only measurement you should hit use is quarterback hits. And I've said this before because the only time a quarterback is actually affected is when you hit him. Like it doesn't like being close to a quarterback does not change anything. Like they could throw the ball away and that's fine, but it doesn't monumentally impact the game. So pressure rate is a nonsense. It does. It's just, it does not make any sense. And it penalizes teams who, you know, their quarterback will draw the rush all the way in before throwing the pass. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand why people – well, I know why. It's because it's as soon as ESPN or uh, Chris Collinsworth slash P, uh, Pro Football Focus get their hands on a stat, they drill it into the ground and they, they use it as their Bible – and they say, look, look, this is the only stat that matters. These guys were tops in, in this made-up stat that we invented just because they want to make it popular, because they want to make you pay for subscriptions. But it doesn't mean anything. Like I just, It's so aggravating to me to see it like preach. So because they were so low on this made-up number, they get pushed down when the, I would say they're one of three teams in the NFL that can generate pressure with only four players. So I, I don't know. By the way, um, did you see the PFF nerds trying to cancel Harold Landry, saying that uh, all of his sacks were were cleaning up sacks? I thought that was hilarious. Um, they're the worst, man. Absolutely, I, I cannot. I, I like, cannot. Deal you gotta with mute them. You gotta mute the word. You gotta mute the account. So yeah, you just gotta you gotta purge that from your timeline. <laughs> Yeah, also on social media, they're they're just they're a meme account. All they do is post controversial opinions or like yeah. emojis on the most stupidest stuff, and they get uh, a bunch of engagement. Anyway, I'll go with my uh, stop the nonsense. It is a list from former NFL player Chris Canty, um, who went. On Get Up ESPN, which is a show. Why apparently. is Get Up ESPN uh, bringing Chris Canty onto the I don't show? Know. Chris, like, I, think Chris I know Canty. who that is, but the average <laughs> NFL fan does not. Who cares I, what Chris Canty has to say? Is he like an analyst now or something? Yeah, I I, I believe he is. I believe he's an ESPN analyst and. Um, after this list, it was okay. So he he ranked his top five most overrated players in the NFL. 
I'll start with the one that I actually kind of agree with. It's Derwin James. Uh, we all know Will <laughs> Will's favorite player, Derwin James. <laughs> um, I agree. He's he's overrated. He's he's really not that good. They make it seem like he's one of the best safeties in the league. Um, he's okay. He's fine when he plays. He's but he's injured like all the time. Um, so whatever that that one I I kind of agree with. Some of these other ones, I, I I don't understand. So he has Deck Prescott on there, who is coming off of a 37-touchdown uh, season. He had a really good season. He threw for 5,000 yards a couple seasons ago uh, before he got injured. Um, but because he plays on the Cowboys and he's the quarterback and they don't win in the playoffs, he's automatically overrated. Whatever. Next one is Christian McCaffrey, who like broke a bunch of records a season ago, and then he just happened to get injured. Uh, last year, and now he's overrated in Chris Canty's eyes, apparently. I don't know. The next one is Saquon Barkley. Does anyone actually still think Saquon Barkley is that great? Who Who is overrating Saquon? All anyone talks about him is that he's always injured. No one like is saying, oh, this guy is still the best running back in the league. No one does that. And then this last one, Khalil Mack is in his top underrated? five underrated or overrated. overrated overrated i think khalil mack is very fairly uh fairly, fairly rated. rated yeah fairly rated everyone knows that he is one of the best pass rushers in the league no one is saying that he's you know aaron donald he's one of the greatest players of all time this was just such a weird list that i i, I don't know where it came from i, I think they asked him um, to do this probably the day before, and he did it on his notepad the day of, like ten minutes before the show. And he was like, "Man, who, who can who can I put on here?" And he just named five guys that Golly. that ended up on this list. But didn't love that. Mm. Yeah, like it. You started off strong, uh, and I was with Chris Candy with the whole Duran James thing. But I saw you talk about that. Like, I I don't know. Like how you can have that list without having Jamal Adams on there, who has basically destroyed every franchise he's ever been drafted by, and people still like elect him to a Pro Bowl. Like it, it, it's ridiculous, but I don't know. Like I guess it's like if you're talking to people who only pay attention to fantasy football and they think that like all right? running backs That's should it. be like, but yeah, but yeah, like it's it's all these box score dudes who like. I, I guess maybe if you still think it's like twenty like nineteen or twenty eighteen and you think Christian McCaffrey is gonna run for eighteen hundred yards this year and be amazing, like I guess, but like it, it's such a weird thing to call out those few guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it. Uh it's been real. It, it's been it's been great. It's been a great five years. Um, and it's going to continue to be great. Stay plugged in. Willa Matias will be back before you know it. Uh, I will not be. I'll be here in spirit, and, and I'll be back eventually to pop in to say hello. I'm not going anywhere in, in that sense. So, until next time, for Willa Matias, I'm Luke Worsham. One more time reminding you and the entire sports world to stop the nonsense. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.